Hello and welcome to How to AI, a podcast where technology trailblazers talk about their real-world AI projects, the challenges they faced, the value it's brought to their organisations, and how they did it. In this episode, we're talking to Barang Zadjabari. Barang is the Chief Data Scientist at Findex, who are a financial services firm that provides services to SMEs throughout Australia. Barang established the data science practice at Findex, and in this interview, we go in-depth at how one project led to 10 more projects, and by starting small, he was able to build up trust within his organisation, and within one year, saved the organisation literally millions of dollars just by identifying customers who were at risk of churn so that they could put interventions in place. It's a fascinating story, and I think Barang has some great insights that can apply to any organisation who are looking to establish a new data science practice. I think for me, uh, when I started two years ago to, to build this this practice, this data science practice, for me really, the question was, what are the low-hanging fruits that with a very uh, less effort in a quick time, I can show the senior managers, stakeholders that these technologies can bring value. Yeah. So there was like plenty of problems, issues everywhere. Every uh, like the departments, we have so many like the business lines. But I think for me, after like a, maybe two three weeks looking at the data, um, really I found probably there's some problem in churn because um, the number of clients probably that time was declining. So that one was like a low-hanging fruit because from management viewpoint, they're losing money. It's value if you can fix it. Uh, from my viewpoint, it was a like low-hanging fruit because I didn't need like a massive infrastructure, all that uh, complex algorithms to, to prove that this is the problem. And also from business viewpoint, it was good because was giving uh, giving them some tool to understand like uh, who's going to churn how many what what's the trend all that things yeah so I think uh, if you can identify the opportunities that uh, can create value in a reasonable time and if you can convince that all, all the stakeholders that this is the value that's the starting point. Uh, now, like lots of organizations started to uh, build their data science team. Yeah, I work for major banks, uh, like leading companies in utilities, retails. But the problem is, um, most of these organizations starting to build their practice with 10, 15, 20 data scientists, 30 data scientists. But once they have that 30 people, then they're thinking, okay, what problem should we solve? Yeah, but in my idea, we should go to the opposite way. First, we should start to think, okay, what problem we can solve? Then, based on that problem, we can like uh, extend size of the team because it brings the value, and then uh, management sees that there's a value, and then uh, we can go with the team. Uh, 
so the answer to the question is yep there are many challenges especially when introducing some new tools new technologies which uh, people they don't have any uh, idea about that and probably maybe four or five years ago CEOs was thinking oh it's fancy world AI machine learning it's nice to have but nowadays I think it's something that uh, must to have because you know the data is there is, is oil and the, the greatest asset for each organization so ability of converting this asset to cash it's data science role yeah and um, challenges are there but if you can prove that with some uh, quick means that the opportunity is there money is coming value is coming then I think uh, you are in the right position to grow your ideas to extend your the, the team and deliver most important uh, projects mm-hmm. sure so just I'm, I'm interested to dig a bit deeper with the um, the churn use case because I think that's one that probably is relevant for a lot of organizations mm-hmm. not not just this organization but um, anyone who has customers mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that it, you identified it as being a, a low-hanging fruit that was an easy sort of case to put to management that mm-hmm. this is worth investing time and resources in uh, what did that look like as a business case in terms of what did you think you stood to potentially gain through doing a, an AI-based um, solution to the problem and how how are you going to actually use AI to deliver that that, that benefit and then and then measure it yep. and then what was the I guess the the, the outcome of yep. by the end I think it's uh, very related to um, analytics maturity of the organizations so you know we have some organizations they are not mature yet they don't have enough enough even data to start to track all this do the analysis but there are some organizations that yeah they're doing some reporting and they have like uh, some sort of reasons why they change happening by collecting feedback from clients all that things but it's not enough by the time that you know the client churned and you're reporting that this client is churned it's it's what happened yeah but you want to know what will happen because you want to do some actions on top of the, the data the information that you're receiving and you want to help your business to keep that clients within your business and maintain that revenue from that clients so that's where the AI is coming because the traditional BI tools, they will not give you the answer for what, what will happen in the future, which clients will churn. Yeah? That's where the AI is coming. But again, you can't just come and like the, plug the AI solution in one day without going to that journey, which is like the, the, the client maturity, analytics maturity. So you need to make sure that data is there, data is collected, enough data is there, volume of the data is good, then you need to understand like uh, uh, why this is happening, test some hypothesis, 
understand the key reasons, features, bring that features, because features might be different from one organization to another organization. Probably, I know you might be find in market some uh, general solution with churn, but I say uh, the, the good churn model should be customized based on the uh, like the situation, condition of that, that client, that, that like the business, yeah? The next step, which is using all this data and features to build an AI-based model which can identify, predict, and give the watch list to business that, okay, this client has to be monitored, their high probability to churn, and then this watch list can, it and gradually it should be part of the, the operation. It's like a BAU, business as, uh, as usual. And this, this should fit in the operation the model and then this model is generating the results watch list it goes to the business business managers has to monitor that client and then they give give the feedback and that feedback should flow back to the model so model they see yep these type of clients everyone agrees that they are in high risk to churn so model will revise the algorithm will revise itself and bring the better and better results so more targeted uh, risky clients will be in the watch list to distribute it to uh, the business. And business can get benefit by talking to that clients, doing some actions, and trying to keep them in the business. So that's, that's really prediction part, is the key value of the AI, and which is not available in the like, traditional BI tools. And have you been able to sort of measure that in a quantitative way, what the impact that has been? Yeah, we made a very big impact to, to our business. Um, probably within one year, we uh, like uh, saved millions of dollars to our business and our uh, predictive model is in operation, generating the watch list, sending every day to um, we have so many partners within our business, and each partner is responsible to take care of some like a few hundred or thousands clients. So model is uh, running, identifying high high risk clients, sending to the partner, partners partner going through that list, looking at the risk, and uh, in most cases they are agree because model is very strong. That the results that we getting is it's very good, probably. <coughs> Uh, accuracy rate is over 80%, so it's 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 very good model, which identifying the risky clients, partner looking at that, most of the cases they agree, and then they're asking our uh, client service managers to talk to clients, to invite them to uh, review, process review, annual review, and understand why, uh, that, why they are not happy with the service, or why they are not engaged enough with our business and they, they're trying to uh, like they find a solution to, to keep their clients within business and uh, keep our revenue from all of those clients. So uh, we have a dashboard, uh, we tracking, so we can see uh, how many clients we saved, how many clients uh, we lost, 
and how many clients we lost which was not captured by model so we're comparing all this and we have very clear like number that uh, that it's the result of implementing this model can save like saved us this much money within one year so we have a very good uh, measurement mechanism as well so our uh, and our ceo can see the dashboard and can monitor like uh, how the model is performing and what was the results mm. and i imagine that that then gives you because it's so clear and the value is so clearly demonstrated gives you or gives the ceo confidence to then go to you and say with the next project you know go for it what can you do next because you've had that you know quick win with the low hanging fruit and you might you know the next problem might be a bit trickier but you know you've you built up a bit of that belief within the organization so that 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 projects lead to another 10 projects within the the business yeah, well. right? and extended the team to like 8 9 10 people within one year yeah from one person um, also uh, like our executive management teams were really impressed with the results of this uh, this model and then they ask us uh, to uh, offer this to our clients as well. So from, I think last uh, November, we started to offer this to our clients as well. And also our clients now are impressed by the how accurate the, that the model is working. And now we have few external clients as well using our model. And uh, now also we're extending this offerings to even more clients. Uh, because we selected uh, top few clients to implement, test it, and then scaling it to, to other uh, clients as well. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear a bit more about the, um, the journey of, obviously you don't just build a model and then magically people start using it and driving these outcomes. Um, mm. There, there has to be you know, a real strategy around how you actually go to integrate it into how the, the organization operates and, and as you alluded to changing the business as usual mm. to in this way and often you know that means convincing people who've been working in that way for a long time and that this new technology is going mm. to uh, give them some special answers or insight mm. or they need to you know let go of a little bit of control potentially mm -hmm. of how things operate. Um, what did that look like for you in implementing this this churn model? Yeah, I think the the most important things for me was to convince people that technology is not here to uh, like take your job or bring you down. So technology AI is. Uh, I know there are so many uh, news in the media that, okay, AI is reducing the jobs by 60%, 70%, all that things, and they're scaring the people about the, how technology is. I mean, in, in some roles, maybe some uh, jobs, maybe it's valid, but, but in overall, uh, AI is helping us to do our job uh, in a better way or spend our job, our time in more valuable uh, like uh, tasks so that's that was my main uh, 
like a focus when I started here to tell people that, okay, AI is not coming to take your job. AI is coming to help you, to enrich your job and give you opportunity to grow yourself as well because you don't need to spend time, uh, for example, doing the filling the one form, you can spend that time to uh, advising your clients that what value you can bring to you or talking to your clients in more depth level to understand their problems, their issues, and then thinking about how we can solve the problems. So you don't need to spend time to fill 50 pages of documents. So let's give it to a machine. Also, AI can help you to identify the opportunities because you don't have time to go and look at the historical data for 10 years and find out, okay, this is my client and client situation at the moment is this, financial situation, health situation, all that things. But like five years ago, it was in this position, yeah? So you don't have time to do that, but one machine learning model can go understand all that data and can give you like the summary of all these things. So you can use the output to better help, like help your clients to grow. And also you will enjoy from your job as well, because like uh, maybe one year ago, 60% of your time was doing some repeated work to fill up the forms, all that things. But now you can just spend 10% of your time to do that. You can spend 90% of your time to talk to your clients, understand their problems, issues, help them to grow, all that things. Yeah. So and really it was very successful because like after a few months I started here, like everyone started to come to me. Uh, like it was exactly opposite to the first few months that everyone was thinking, oh, AI is coming to take their job. But after like four or five months, everyone was coming to me and saying, hey, how we can use uh, your AI technologies, algorithms in my job, in our department, our division, yeah? So I think convincing people that AI is not, it's just there for, to help them, it will be at the first step mm. in the journey. Yeah. And did you do presentations to sort of managers in the company or did you meet, go and meet with people one-on-one -on -one or how, how did you go about doing that? I think uh, lots of presentations, workshops, but also face-to-face, one-to-one meetings as well helped a lot because uh, I think a face-to-face meeting, one-to-one -one makes trust between the parties, yeah, the, the people make a relationship and uh, when you say when they see okay like uh, this person who is leading the AI in the company saying hey don't worry it's it's coming to help you and they can see the trust in your message yeah then everyone like uh, uh, becoming supportive for these technologies you know? not not uh, just uh, like uh, opposite to the technologies that becoming part of the change and even they helping you so uh, in that like 
seven, eight months after we started the uh, like a dead science practice here, uh, I received probably like 50, 60 requests from different departments. Hey, we want to like uh, use your technology within our task, our, our department. Can you help us? Yeah. So that's, uh, I think, uh, making relationship and sending this message to the people that it, it's positive to your job and it's helping you. That's the key thing. And uh, most of them is coming from communications and building their relationship mm. with, with trust. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's such a, a great success story to have not only implemented it, you know, really well and successfully within your own business, but then also to have your own your clients being able to yeah. open up new revenue streams and yeah. expand that um, is is sort of a double benefit, isn't it? It's exactly. not only have you helped your own exactly. business, but uh, exactly. you've got a whole new uh, revenue stream. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose just by way of sort of. Um, wrapping up the conversation uh, mm -hmm. do you have any for, for someone who's in a similar situation where they're looking to establish an, a data science practice within a, or a new data science practice within the, their business um, you've, you've given some great advice just then do you have any other sort of uh, advice as to what to do what not to do what mm. what mistakes perhaps you or lessons that you learned along the way um, that, you, that would be useful to someone in that situation I think I think the best strategy is start um, uh, small and uh, identify the opportunities low-hanging fruits quick wins and then scale the team uh, that that's one thing about the setting up the practice but to make a team uh, successful I think building the trust within the organization that this is coming to help you to improve your job improve your uh, tasks enrich your job that's the the key message for the, the, the success uh, and uh, it's it's like a maybe 10 times more important than having the best Python programmer in your team you know uh, that that's important because you need to do the, the work more professional in a like the best productive and professional way. But uh, creating that environment that everyone is positive about the what you want to deliver, and they're waiting for that, and they're supporting that. That's that that's the key um, like the success things for for uh, setting up the data science practice. Mm. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks very much for Thank you, giving me your insights. It's been a great nice. chat.